0: Welcome to Kirti Kundalini Podcast, where we discuss spiritual insights, tips, and tools for exalted living. Now, let me just preface by saying that I am not a doctor, nor am I qualified really in any way to be giving you advice, medical or otherwise, but I'm here to share a candid discussion about my own journey through trauma recovery and emotional energetic healing. On this podcast, I'll be sharing with you an ideological perspective guided by my own interpreted inspirations. What is she talking about? Tune in, you'll find out. These inspirations have and continue to give me relief from suffering and the tools to live a life I love. My name is Leah Gibson, welcome. Hey guys, welcome to Kirti Kundalini podcast, episode three. Thank you so much for meeting me here. So I just wanted to start this episode by segueing from last episode's topic and leading into this week's topic, which to me, the progression, the link between the next episode to the next is always very organic. It's very much a part of my channeling process. It is delivered to me through Right Action with a capital R-A, which is what we were talking about last week. And I just wanted to share specifically with you a little bit more about how that works. So last episode, the topic was on the value of commitment, the value on self-commitment in co-creating our desired life. And in particular, the channel teaching that came through was on two ideas of commitment, two types of commitment, essentially. The first of which being the commitment of operating with our full commitment. So, being able to utilize, access, call upon our full entire focus and attention and delivering it with full intent to the task at hand, to the present moment. The second of which being commitment on a timely manner, commitment in a timely fashion. So that is showing up day after day, carrying out the tasks that are asked of us that are essentially what I like to call right action, right action with a capital R-A, being that they are delivered as soul speak from the higher energetic self. They're delivered through inspiration in spirit, which is the way soul speak operates, the way soul speak communicates. That being said, so last episode, I led you through a quick Kundalini exercise, the Eagle Eradicator, which assists us in delivering us to Shunya, to the zero state, to the neutral ground, which is the state of total neutrality, absolute mental expansion, absolute expansion energetically, where we're able to receive insight, guidance, healing in that space of non-resistance and where we're able to receive inspired right action, inspirations of all sorts from our higher energetic self. So then I guided you through a quick dialogue exercise with your energetic self with the intention of receiving guidance and right action with a capital R-A. Now, I just wanted to elaborate a little bit more on how right action works. So my understanding and my experience of right action works this way. We can dialogue, we can pose questions, it's my intent. I really want to foster the idea for you of engaging with yourself in this way, because it seems so simple. Like, How can I talk to myself? That seems a little bit silly, but it's about aligning our true intent with wanting to know what is right, what is best for us. And posing these questions to your higher energetic self, you will receive the guidance, information, wisdom, inspiration. I promise you. And the thing is, is it may surprise you how how it is delivered. But I encourage you to really be open to receiving the information because the more that we engage in energetic awareness practices, the more we're able to sensitize our system overall. So when I say this, I mean that we become more familiar with picking up on insights, inclinations, intuitions, and sensations as information. And so when we pose dialogue, quote unquote, through so speak, quote unquote, I really hate to keep using my own sort of nicknames for these terms. I have a personal aversion to that in real life. But to me, it's just I don't know. I mean, I'm sorry if that triggers you. (laughs) That I have these nicknames for these terms, but it's just it's how things come together for me. It's how we receive them through the guide. So it's how I'm going to explain it to you. And so the more that we sensitise ourselves, the more that we engage in these energetic practices that increase our awareness, the more we're able to recognise this guidance from our higher energetic self in different ways. It can come through bodily sensations. It can come through inner hearing. Sometimes I will hear the sounds of a word phonetically that. I have never heard before. I'll have to speak it out loud phonetically and write it down how I hear it in my head. And then when I look it up, it's spelt differently than how I might have thought it was spelt, but it is spelt the way that I phonetically received it. Like all sorts of interesting forms of receptivity happen. So that being said, I want to encourage you to be open-minded with how you receive the information, how you receive the answers to your queries from your higher energetic self, how you receive receive these ideas of right action. It can come in a visual metaphor. It can come in a bodily sensation. It can come within the inner ear, something sounded out. It can come through pictures and your third eye. It can come through just a deep knowing in your being. It can come as a total download. Sometimes I love these. They happen a lot for me, but they can come as a whole download that feels like it is not only like a visual blueprint plan. It can also come with just this deep knowing in my whole physical body. It's like I'm embodying the energy of the idea as well as the specifics of how to carry it out. And sometimes it's a little bit less direct than that. I also wanted to share with you that even though I guided you through the example of how to speak through soul speak, how to engage with your higher energetic self, querying for answers, they may not arrive in the moment. This is really important. This is really important. They may not arrive immediately And that doesn't mean they're not coming. Doesn't mean they're not coming. They will come. I promise you they will come. They may come in your dreams. They may come when you're washing the dishes. They may come when you're driving. They may come when you're walking your dog. But they will come. Last episode's topic, commit to wanting to know. Commit using the two principles of really meaning that you want to know the answers, really commanding yourself in commitment, and continuing to query with this command. Continuing to query and the answer's will come. They may come when you least expect it. And on that note, I wanted to share with you that it was so interesting because I never know what the next episode of this podcast is going to be about. All of this entire project is one example of a right action for me after the the next. So last week's episode, I didn't know it was going to be on commitment. I didn't know commitment was going to be delivered to me in two ideas, in command and in commitment on a timely fashion. But that being said, after I recorded that episode, I thought to myself, you know, I sort of posed energetically in my mind, you know, something helpful to channel on would be how do we access our full command when we feel less than vital, right? And so that was just something that I posed very lightly. And I thought, oh, I'll go under because when I channel, I go into a hypnotic state and receive the information as my guides speak through me. And so I just thought to myself, oh, I'll, I'll go under and channel that. But another example of what I wanted to share with you is I channel so often now with my guides that information comes through spontaneously. And so I'm receiving spontaneous downloads in varying forms all throughout the day. And this is how it works, right? This is how it will work for all of us because the lines of communication are open because I'm more committed with intent, with command, and I'm more committed through the practice of doing it in a continuous manner. And so this is what's going to happen for you too, as you engage in this work. It's so cool. But that being said, at one point, I think it was while I was having a relaxation during my sadhana, I was in shavasana. And I just received this insight that was like this wow, aha moment. And it was this spontaneous inspiration of guidance that was answering and guiding me as a stepping stone to what I had just very, in a relaxed, casual manner, posed as a question. How do we access full command in commitment with intent when we feel less than vital? And the term that came through, I couldn't believe it, was tapa. The term that came through was tapa. Now, and the moment it arrived, I knew, I recognized what it was. Tapa, it blew my mind, you guys. Tapa, I sat up and I thought, oh my God, of course. So again, the question was, how do we access and call with full command our energy when we feel less than vital? And the answer that came to me, the light bulb, the lightning bolt that struck was Tapa. Tapa is a Sanskrit term that means building inner heat, building inner heat, inner heat. Now, Tapa is what we call cultivate when we practice a Kriya. In Kundalini Yoga, we practice physical Kriyas, which are exercises in a repetitive fashion that specifically target a portion, an area of the body to alter the energy that is happening to strengthen and alter the energetic circuitry that is happening for the specific intent of delivering us to a desired experience. Anyway, long story short, this episode's on passion, okay? Tune in. I'm going to get deeper. Stay with me. Wow. (laughs) And so this podcast episode is devoted to the topic of passion. In particular, what it means to live the impassioned life, right? We can feel passionate about a person. We can feel, I'm sure we've all had a passionate experience, hopefully in romance. We can be passionate about what we do, hopefully, our career, our hobbies, our family, our loved ones, And it is often the case that we feel this passion, this state of passion in relation to the idea of another person, to our relationship to another person. But in particular, this podcast episode is in devotion to your own passion, to the relationship that you have to your passion, to the relationship that you have to your life. And the query in particular that was inspired for this podcast episode was a query on how can we induce ourselves to the this- state of passion when we are feeling less than vital. And so the channeled idea that I receive with regards to the idea of passion, it's related to other teachings that have come through for me regarding our experience of our true nature. So it is essentially in being receptive to the constant stream of the continuous self, which is a concept that my guides have channeled through me several times before in varying ways. And this is how they show it to me. They show it to me as we are finite beings in the physical form here, but energetic beings expansive far beyond the physical form. And this non-physical nature of ourselves is an extension of pure source consciousness. It is a direct extension of God, of source of the universe, of life force energy. It is pure life force energy in the form of our own consciousness. Now there are varying elemental degrees that they show me energetically to our non-physical form body. I've talked about before the way we can ectoplasmically extend and bond and interrelate with other objects and beings and things and people. I really look forward to discussing more of that in future episodes, but There are varying degrees to how we operate, how we function as organisms and how they show me our energetic being for the sake of this topic today. They're showing me the constant stream of the continuous self. As it is shown to me, it's a current, the non-physical current of that, which each of us really is. My guides show it to me in the form of a frequency. And each of us, though we are all extensions of pure source consciousness, Our non physical forms are encoded in a DNA signature frequency code that is actually the culmination of all of our history throughout all of the ages. So it is a particular frequency that has been encoded with the energy of all of that which we have been. Now, this is your authentic signature frequency, and it moves through you energetically and seeks to express through you in particular ways. It is designed with a magnitude, with an efficacy, to behave in particular ways and to individualize through you in an authentic expression. It's seeking expression because the most deducible fabric of this element of who you really are is life force energy and life force energy is at all times seeking expansion. Your authentic signature self in this signature frequency vibration is seeking to move through you and express and expand through you. So with that being said, that's the visual that I get. That's some of the information that I get with regards to passion, to living a passionate life, the experience of passion that we feel when we are attuned to expressing ourselves fully and authentically in service of the highest good, which will always be where we will experience in our most impassioned life. When we are in attunement with our signature authentic self-expression, we are going to be open to receiving vitality in the form of energy within our being. And we're going to be acting in ways that are expressive, expansive, and contributory to supporting the proliferation of life force energy outside of ourselves. Whoa, Leah, what did you just say and what are you talking about? I know this is a lot, you guys, but this is the imagery that comes to me. When we are receiving the inspiration, the inspired right action that seeks to move through us in distinguished self-expression, In distinguished avenues of expression, in ways that service the highest good, in ways that connect to other sources of life force energy to proliferate, to support the expansion of others. We are going to continue to attune to receive all of that which we are further, and we will continue to feel the hum and the full resonance of who and what we really are. As we open to the constant stream of the continuous self, we further attune to all of that which we fully are. By embodying, by embracing, by receiving, by becoming, and by delivering that which we really truly are in authentic self-expression, we open Open even further to the resonance that is our precise signature frequency vibration. We become filled with vitality. We become energized effortlessly. We become an organism in perfect attunement in hum with receiving and with delivering. And we become filled with the experience of this flow. It is pratyahara. It is to be in divine flow of the dance of life through us, of life force energy moving through us. And that is what it feels like to be in the impassioned state. That is what it feels like to live the impassioned life. And that is what we're after. And so to deduce that even further, the impassioned life, the impassioned experience, what it feels like, what it is, what it looks like to be living a life that is impassioned. The impassioned life is about receiving all of that which you really truly are. Receiving even more to all of that which you really truly are. And Delivering it through you in fluid self-expression in ways that expand through you in ways that allow this constant current of the continuous self to move through you in individualized manner. It is the flow of source through you. It is the flow of God through you. It is God's expression through you, whatever your language is, but it is the flow of the non-physical substance of that, which you really truly are as individualized through you in ways that feel good in ways that feel fulfilling in ways that light you up with passion, in ways that deliver God through you to uplift and exalt your environment. And this is what we see. This is what the impassioned life is. So how do we get there? I will tell you. I have some ideas. Okay, so the question is... How do we feel good? How do we restore ourselves to the impassioned state? We're feeling less than great. We're feeling less than vital. We're not feeling that excitement, that passion for ourselves, for our lives for the tasks at hand. How do we get there? How do we get it back? This is the idea. We want to incur heat in the physical system. Remember that story I told you about receiving the insight while I was in Shavasana, the word tapa. Tapa means inner heat. Now, along with that word came the download, the idea, and this is it. We are energetic organisms in physical form. We are always at all times, energetically interrelating with our environment. And we are also influenced by the energetic patternings of our system. So within our physical form, any trauma that we have experienced in our life, we have all experienced trauma, anything aggravating, any experience that has incurred stress within us, any stressful experience that we have not been able to release. Sometimes the impact of these events when we're very young, when we're a very small child, can be evasive of the conscious thinking mind. Sometimes they can evade our conscious memory, and yet they still have an impact on our physiological functioning. They still have an energetic imprinting in the physiological functioning of our emotional energetic system. And this is how we can experience a trigger response loop. As an adult, we may be activated. We may have our trigger response system activated by something environmentally that replicates a situation that was similar to that experience when we were a very young child that we don't remember, but we still become activated. Now, in the moment, we could run away with the narrative of who's to blame and what to do about it and how dare they and I deserve this and all of these things. And we can go to therapy and talk about all of it. And it's wonderful to go to therapy and talk about all of it. There's also more to it, right? With regards to the The topic today, the idea on the table is one on restoring ourselves to the impassioned state. And this can be done by way of disrupting the energetic functioning that has been set in place we want to intentionally disrupt the energetic patternings. And this is how we do it. We do it through tapa. We do it through heat. Kundalini yoga kriyas are physical movements that target particular areas of the physical system. Through a repetitive action, they incur heat within the physical system related to a particular chakra or chakras in ways that disrupt the energetic patterning that has been set in place, that has been imprinted within the physiological Physiological system due to past impact of traumatic experience, of aggravations environmentally that we were not able to release in the moment. And so now they've been imprinted in the physiological system. And so when we disrupt the energetic patternings that have resulted, the patternings that continue to momentum as we carry on throughout our day, as, as white knuckle it and hustle culture it and Push through the pain by intentionally disrupting these energetic patternings. We are able to relieve ourselves from potential dis ease, which may become chronic. We are able to disidentify as being a victim of our circumstances, and we're able to deliver ourselves to relief in a way that allows us to open in deep relaxation to the energetic of who and what we really are, filled with vitality, inspiration, take right action and feel the passion of being in the flow of Pratyahar, of that which we really truly are. And so we do this by intentionally disrupting the energetic patternings, incurring heat in the physical system, utilizing the ancient technologies of kriya of kundalini yoga. It is one way this works. These tendencies work in other ways too, but kundalini kriyas allow us to exercise tapa and inner heat, allowing an energetic transference and disruption of the patternings at play, breaking the cycle and delivering us to relief. And so I would really love to share with you a personal story that is so near and dear to my heart about how all of this has worked for me. So this is actually, right now, this week is annually a very important week for me to remember because four years ago this week, I was at one of the most pronounced rock bottoms of my life. Three years ago this week, I was in one of the most pronounced rock bottoms of my life. And 2 years ago this week, I was in a very bad place. It's been 2 years that my recovery has really started to strengthen and shape itself and build its momentum through my own sheer commitment, through my through my own self-awareness and most especially, most particularly, my spiritual seeking path. My absolute dire need to heal myself, or I will say it was at, at, at the time it was to not continue. And why I why this week in particular is so meaningful to me because it was it was this week. It was this week each year. And at the worst of times, I truly didn't know how I could possibly get up from what I was experiencing. At one point, I distinctly remember actually saying out loud to myself, to the powers that be, and making a verbal agreement that if I could ever possibly manage to get up and walk away from the pain that I was feeling, and I mean to live through it, that I would not waste a day of not living the life of my true desires and giving back in everything that I could through the healing that I would have been able to have speak about from having been able to just get up. And so here I am. I've just now revealed to you my why. My why is this week. My why is this week. And my how is what I'm talking about my how has been the trauma healing techniques of kundalini yoga i am not supposed to talk about them this way as a kundalini yoga instructor but i actually cannot help but speak about them this way in the serendipitous circumstances that my angels the powers that be happened to find their way through to me in aligning me with these practices out of the blue how i discovered kundalini yoga and the journey that it took me on i had no idea what I was in for. I was not prepared. I was in no expectation of what would find me. And as it has elevated my frequency through the practices and through an open curiosity and through trusting the community which it offered me and through trusting my beautiful teachers, my beautiful teachers that have walked the walk themselves and do and speak with heart and grace and composure and compassion and selfless love, unconditional love for me and for all of the students. I kept going with curiosity. And as I did, my frequency elevated, my frequency elevated, my energies elevated, my vitality elevated, and my curiosity started to rebuild. And the healing journey for me was very tumultuous at times. And I have followed that curiosity in particular ways, and channeling has been one of them. And as I've channeled, I received the knowledge and wisdom and information because that is a great curiosity to me. i I want to know the why and the how. I want to be able to explain the why and the how to myself and to others. And so here we are. Now the how and the why of Kundalini Yoga and related particularly to my healing journey is this. I'll I'll bring it home for you. Four years ago and three years ago and two years ago, I was experiencing such excruciating emotional panic attacks. They were like riptides that screamed through my system. I could talk about the circumstances that were happening environmentally for me, but they're truthfully not the point. They're truthfully not the point. The point is that I was engaging and interrelating. I was relating with people close to me in ways that were based on faulty belief systems that had been laid a long time ago for me, that were having me believe I was less than good, less than great, far less than lovable, and not worthy. Very common in the human condition. And the coping mechanisms I had learned at a very young age and I had fostered and I had developed had gotten me so far. And so they got me further as I picked them up and used them subconsciously unconsciously until they really led me into trouble because I was continuing to relate with people in ways that were not healthy. That's as far as I am willing to go into the story of what happened quote unquote, because it's not about what happened. It was about my experience. Ultimately four years ago, three years ago, and two years ago, I reached The point of rock bottom by experiencing repetitive panic attacks. That's what I'll call them. I would feel them roaring in the distance, like you would sense a tidal wave coming, where you would just have to run off the shore while the wave was coming at you. That's what it felt like. It was like I could feel something approaching in the distance, and I would have to as quickly as possible isolate myself, make my way into bed if I could, or some. Place close to it and curl in the fetal position where my system would absolutely be shocked in emotional flashbacks that I now understand them to be, but terrible, torrential pain for up to five or six hours at a time. The pain was so excruciating in my physical system that I would dissociate and wish harm against myself because I simply didn't want to exist in my body. I didn't know why I found Kundalini yoga at the time time I didn't understand really what it was I just knew that I needed something. I knew that I needed something. I needed a new hobby. I needed a new community. I needed new friends. I had been so isolated because of my particular life circumstances that I just wanted to say yes to something that might lead me in a positive direction. And the powers that be happened to plant a Kundalini yoga teacher training course into my lap. So I said yes because I had to do something and I had no idea what I was getting into. And I jumped into a Community And I jumped into a program with so much curiosity and commitment and just needing something. And the practices changed my life. And it was engaging in these deep experiential practices, the physical nature of the Kriyas, these really sort of funny movements honestly if you're not familiar with kundalini yoga and i was not at that time i i was ready to judge them i felt they were they were kind of they were really funny looking they were funny to explain for our teachers to explain to us and yet they got you somewhere like the the relief you would feel in minutes was undeniable the spike in energy was undeniable the deep relaxation was undeniable and with the commitment of the course at hand these experiences became even even bigger these experiences revealed themselves to me to be very consistent and the result was within a few months i didn't understand it cognitively at the time but my nervous system was being regulated. My nervous system had been so dysregulated by reinforced trauma that I was continuing to engage in in my circumstances. My physiological system had gone haywire. I was living in fight or flight system chronically. My sympathetic nervous system was spiked at all times. I was experiencing emotional flashbacks that were being triggered by aggravations in my toxic relating in the moment that were taking me back to things that had happened traumatic, traumatically to me in the past far many years before. And my whole system would just go haywire and knock me out because it couldn't sustain what was happening. And I just knew I was in pain. I started Kriyas. I started engaging in Kriya exercises in the Kundalini course, in the Kundalini classes, without understanding why I was doing them. These repetitive movements that were, they felt disruptive. They felt uncomfortable. They felt really challenging, but they were disrupting the physiological programming that had been laid, that was continuing to fire and deliver me to this emotional response that had been laid in the past. And with commitment to doing these Kriyas and then the deep relaxation meditations that would deliver me to shunya, the zero state, the neutral state, my whole system, not only healed itself, recharged itself, revitalized itself. I, I went through a spiritual awakening through these practices. And I say this now from my heart, the passion that I feel now on a daily basis, the deep manner with which I am able to relate not only to myself, my physical nature, to my dog, to my family, to my friends, to strangers, the amount of compassion that I feel, the amount of empathy that I feel, the amount of space and composure and grace that I am able to hold myself in regardless of my circumstances. If I had known that this was waiting for me on the other side of that very challenging period of my life, I probably wouldn't have believed anyone if they had told me. I wholeheartedly believe in these practices. And I now am able to practice with awareness. I am now able to understand specifically that when I am feeling an emotional trigger loop activated in my physiological system, I'm able to not want to jump away from it, not want to leave the felt sense of my physical system. I'm able to, first of all, recognize that I'm being activated. I'm able to suspend from needing to understand or run away with narrative about what might be happening happening who's to blame etc and i'm able to deliver my focus and attention to the precise location in my physical system of the aggravation of the aggravated sensation earlier today it was at my heart center i felt a physiological sensation in my heart center that was aching that was it was i mean we don't even need to label what the sensation is we can just notice the sensation and then by engaging in a particular kriya by building heat through repetitive motion and disrupting the patterning that is currently happening within moments, within minutes, we deliver ourselves to a relaxed state by disrupting what has been experienced. This is what it means to be exercising in self-awareness. This is what it means to be exercising our will with the direction of creating for ourselves consciously, not to be a victim of circumstance, but to be a conscious co-creator, to be able to make the most out of every situation without bypassing, but with recognizing that aggravation is not our true state. And in aggravation, in using aggravation, deprivation as information that we are being disrupted. We can target the disruption in the physical system. We can disrupt the programmed energetic loop and open ourselves to the expanded state of deep relaxation. This is when passion is restored. Passion is restored through deep relaxation by receiving all of that, which you truly are after we open up and disrupt that which we are not. This is what it means to be living in awareness of being an energetic being, an energetic spiritual being, having a human experience in the physical system. We don't want to leave the body. We don't want to check out. We don't want to numb out. We came here to be here. Let's be here. At the worst of times, I did not want to be here because I didn't know how to be. And by the grace of God, I was somehow delivered the path through. And trust me when I say, if I can get through that, you can too, you can get through anything. I promise you, I firmly believe that the lowest low of emotional lows is the inverse of the exalted high, as high as were the lows. Without bypassing, but with going through the process of energetic alchemy, we claim our birthright. We claim the point of what we came here to be and do. We came to claim our exaltation and allow life force energy to move through us in individualized authentic signature self-expression. And that is the impassioned life. So just in a recap of that period of time a couple of years ago, and while this particular podcast episode is not intentionally designed to address trauma healing or disengaging an emotional flashback panic attack or releasing oneself from the attachment pains of ectoplasmic bonding to other, trust me, I will. Try to visit each of those topics in future episodes. (laughs) The topic of this episode is based on recovering oneself to the impassioned state, to the impassioned life. I will just share that during that period of difficulty, in between the tumultuous emotional flashback panic attacks that I was experiencing, I was the shell of a human. I was often in a state of deep, emotional, energetic withdrawal. I could barely walk down the street and hold my head high. I was shuffling my feet. I had very little energy. I had a very shallow attention span span I was not able to remain present and engage with another person without often just drifting off in a dissociated state. This is a trauma response, the dissociation. That dissociation was chronic to my functioning and my way of relating with others for quite some time. And so the energetic practices of these Kriyas and meditations were helpful, of course, in immediately disengaging me from the riptide effect that was so tumultuous, but when those... Then it was about restoring my vitality. And that is also what this continued practice with the committed practice has given me in restoring my vitality. And it has been through exercising particular areas of my body in direct, intentional manners. Opening up the energetic flow in my heart center, for instance, which is something I'm going to be leading you through in the Kriya teaching for this week. And then by engaging in these intentional practices in a committed manner, in a consistent manner, it's not only disrupting the patterning that had been carrying on, opening up the energy channels in the physical system that allow the energy to circulate in ways that foster vitality in the physical system in ways that alter your entire experience. And so for this week's exercise, I'm going to lead you through a kriya to do just that. And so this is what's available to us. We don't have to leave the body. We don't have to leave our experience of the now. We can recognize an aggravation, we can decide to exercise our free will in shifting that experience by utilizing these technologies, this applied science, these wonderful, beautiful, ancient techniques, alter the energetic patterning of our physical system, open up to greater inspiration and celebrate our right to experience and embody exaltation through the practice of energetic alchemy. Okay, here we go. So at this time, I invite you to meet me in the next segment to this episode. It will be episode 3.2, where I will recap on everything that we just discussed. And I will lead you through one of my favorite Kriyas so that you're able to experience what I'm talking about with this energetic alchemy for yourselves. I'll see you very shortly. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Kirti Kundalini Podcast. If you like what you hear, please go ahead and subscribe to this podcast. And if you have a moment, it would mean the world to me if you took a moment to rate and comment on the material on Apple iTunes. This helps support my sole purpose of sharing these teachings into the world. As Apple will promote my material based on this type of platform interaction. Additionally, I invite you to share this episode, share this podcast series on your social media Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, shout it from the rooftops, tell your friends in whatever way you feel called to do so. Again, it helps me to get these teachings, which are my sole purpose, out into the world. And I thank you from my heart. And as always, always, please don't hesitate to be in touch with me with your questions, queries, your thoughts and feelings. I am here for it. You can find me on my platform, kirtikundalini.com. You can sign up for the email list, which is a great way to keep in touch with me. And it's where I will also share all of the opportunities to work with me individually. If this calls to you in any way, thank you so much for being here. Lots of love. I'll see you soon.